Welcome to episode one of the New York Giant cast. I'm myself, Harry Cooper, and I'm joined by Brendan. How are you, Brendan? Doing great. It's back to be back. Uh, it's been a while since we made a podcast together, so I'm really excited to have uh, our fans get back into the, uh, the groove of here in the Harry and Brendan combination. No, exactly. I mean, we did one a uh, couple, must have been like six, seven months ago now. I don't, I think we, did we post it? I can't even remember. We done the, it must, it literally this, like, must have been like around this time last year because we done the, who we signed in a free agency. So it must yeah, have been, we did the, uh, Galladay, um, offensive lineman. I think it was like, right, it was either right before the draft. I think it was right before the draft. I don't yeah, I'm, I, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, so we're back this season, and we're gonna we're gonna stick to it this year. Uh, <laughs> and that's that's mainly my fault because I just got carried away with other stuff. But so th- yeah, this episode we're gonna talk about obviously the stuff. Probably one of the only things that was happening staff signings before the combine and all that stuff. So uh, ha- before we start, before we analyze anyone that we've signed. What did you make of last season stuff and how glad were you to see him gone when they announced it? I mean, I honestly was a little bit more angry at the decisions made during the season. Like, I, I feel like Gettleman and uh, obviously the other coaching, uh, the other upper level executives should have fired Garrett a lot more earlier than he was fired. Like, we, we, we should either fired him, like, during that bye week so that Kitchens would have had another week or two to prepare for the next game. So I think that was bad on their part, obviously. Obviously, I was a big Gettleman hater uh, since the beginning. I I was very open about that on Twitter. And um, I just think that – I mean, obviously, Judge is a lot – there's also praise for him because how he was speaking out of his mouth. It seemed like he was, like, you know, spewing some crap. And trying to make himself seem like the face of the franchise when really he was part of a burning ship that was always going to sink to the ground. And I mean, he didn't get really get a fair shot in two years, in my opinion. Like two years is a little uh, rough of a timeline, especially for when um, you go six and ten, you finish second in your division. But then, but the, the way that he conducted himself in the media interviews, I think, really was the nail in the coffin for him the last yeah. couple of weeks. He said we were getting there, but we really weren't because we were still getting blown out by 30 every week. I don't know what you think about that. I just think um, I'm glad to see everyone gone. Really the only one that I'm, like, kind of disappointed about is Patrick Graham. But as we'll mention later in the video, I'm, I'm really happy that we got Wink Martindale in to replace these as the sophomore replacement. But we'll definitely miss Patrick Graham, and hopefully uh, he does a good job in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I just felt like – it, we just had to reset up. We just had to click the reset button, you know, at the back of the computer sometimes when it's not working. <laughs> it was one of them ones. We had to just get a massive clear out. And it's the same with the players. That's going to happen eventually. We're just going to clear the whole thing out because it just needs to be done from, from top to bottom. It was just rotten to the core last year. And like, yeah, it's just this year, I, I don't see much improvement on the pitch. I don't, I, we're not, we're not going to be like in a positive record by the end of the year, in my opinion. But I think you're going to see improvements and you're going to see. Um, you know, a vision of what to expect from this team. That's my, that's my hope anyway. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to be, you know, top of our division come the end of it, unless it's a poor division again. But I do think you'll be able to see where we're going with this team. And that's one thing I didn't see last year um, on the Joe Judge. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like, to be honest, I could actually see us, if we make the right moves, and we get the right players and we draft well, 
we get everyone healthy and like there's no there's no injuries, which obviously with the Giants, you're always gonna have some injuries because you know there's there, there can never be a season where, where every every main player is, is healthy. So we can't see the full potential of the team. But if we limit those injuries and you know, maybe we have like one or two big injuries, like not not too crazy. With our schedule this year, I could really see us go going like, you know, like eight and nine. And because last year, like I was saying, like beginning of the season, like we looked pretty we looked pretty good for the first couple games when DJ actually had protection, he had his full roster. But then guys started going down with COVID and with you know injuries with Galladay and, and Tony was getting hurt. So I think once we get the personnel right and um say like we draft like and uh, we'll get into this in a later video, but say we get um, you know, like a, an offensive tackle and, you know, a guard help in, in like the later rounds of the draft. And then we we go and sign, you know, maybe one or two other guys to help increase that line depth. We can really see DJ take that step forward. And I can really see us, you know, winning a few of these games that we decided to throw last year because obviously Mike Lennon was a trash quarterback. Look, let's get that straight. You, we're not winning any games <laughs> with Mike Lennon. And not, no, no matter who's on your roster, you can't win games with Mike Lennon. No, about that. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, hate I hate to be blunt, but there's just no way. Um, so I think with a fully healthy DJ and with a fully, um, you know, like, and new energized team with like a new outlook on it, I really think that this team could take a lot, a big step forward that people might not see next year. It just depends on how we draft. I think that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. And main focal point of that is your general manager. What have you made of the appointment of Big Joey? You know what? I, I, I went into the search and I was like, it was between two guys for me. It was either Adam Peters, the assistant, or it was obviously Joe Shane for the Buffalo Bills. And I couldn't decide which one I wanted more. But when I was digging deeper into it, I saw Joe Shane aligns more with the more analytical, like, you know, postmodern football. Um, ideas, and I really started to have him as my favorite for like GM. So when he was hired, I mean, it was like a home run hire. Like this is like best we, we probably could have done. You know, he's he's always said um, previously that he wanted to stay around the area, um, and you know, he's got that ego to handle the New York media. He's a very well mannered guy. He's not going to go out there and tell you the wrong things. He's always going to be truthful. Unlike our, you know predecessor GM, I'm not going to name because, you know, at this point I've already said his name so much that I kind of get tired of saying it, but I think really Joe Shane is is, is a big step forward, especially in the analytical side of play, where, you know, the Chiefs and the Bills and that's where they're thriving. So I think I, I really expect him to come in day one and make a difference. And maybe that's not evident in year one, which I think it, I, I personally think it will be, but in year two, I, I definitely see us becoming more of a um, destination spot for like top free agents. Like I, I was seeing in, in the news, we have $92 million of cat space from 2023. So, you know, Joe Shane's going to massively do that. Some, you know, he's going to um, get the top free agents to come here because, you know, Big Blue is a big destination. They're, they're, a, they're, a world they're a world market economy. And I think that uh, Joe Shane can really help us with the analytical side while also bringing a youthful presence to our front office. So I love the hire. I want to get your thoughts on it. I know I'm speaking a lot, but what did you, what did, what did you think, Harry? What do you think about it? Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm saying obviously I'm very happy with it. Um, when when we were looking into the you know, the hirings of who we were going to get, 
I'd already thought about, you know, because Brian Dabble was already being spoke about as head coach. I'm thinking, well, if we can get both of them, that makes the most sense, right? They've worked together and what they've done for the Buffalo Bills has obviously been, you know, amazing. You know, very unlucky against the Chiefs um, with a coin toss and they were arguably the better team in that game. Um, so, if look, we're not going to be the Buffalo Bills in two years, but I just, whenever they play and whenever you watch their team play, they're very exciting to watch. The Giants weren't that last year. They weren't that the year before. I think, I think I think Joey can offer a lot for us as a general manager and like you said with the cap space. New York's one of the, the biggest cities in America in terms of, you know, football teams. The Giants are massive. There's only sort of the Cowboys, the Patriots, you know, that are maybe slightly bigger than us, but we're one of the biggest franchises in NFL. We've got a you know, it's a, it's a luxury to play for the Giants, unlike other teams, and that's not being big headed. That's just the way it is. Um so I think, you know, if we can use that cap space, and I think he will use it very well. We're in, I think we're in for a very good year, maybe not this year, but, you know, by year two, we should be, you know, in a good position to start maybe, you know, chasing for the playoffs and putting ourselves about in the league a bit more rather than just getting pushed over week after week. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think, like, this year, you're going to see the Giants be a lot more competitive especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like we saw, we were historically bad offense this year. And I think with two incredible offensive minds and uh, Brian Dayball, obviously that new head coach hiring Mike Kafka, the, the previous uh, Chiefs quarterback coach, who a lot of people attribute the success to Patrick uh, Mahomes and obviously Dayball with Josh Allen. I really think we could see the Giants take a step forward in our offense with a lot more creativity and getting guys in space. That's where, that's where these two teams thrive. And look out for big seasons for Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay because I really think um, we can use that that creativity and with the, the uh, with Jones's ability with the deep ball. You know, both those coaches love throwing the deep ball as we saw with the Bills with Stephon Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie and the Chiefs with obviously Nicole Hardman and Tyree Kill and even Travis Kelsey was getting open down deep. So I think if we can. Um, if we can draft the right guys and we get we evaluate the right talent and we we sign you know maybe a few free agents here or there that that will make a name for themselves, I really think that the Giants can take a step forward and you know maybe they won't win eight or nine games like I said, but at least it'll be like you know like in every game until the fourth quarter like they like they always have been in years prior. But I just don't see a way in which this team can function again offensively the way we did last year. And I think we made the appropriate hires to make sure that doesn't happen. No, exactly. And I was just going to stick on Joey here. How much pressure has he then, based on the team at the moment, based how bad we've been? What is the pressure on him to pick well in his draft? Because if it if he doesn't pick well and we don't get the right players in, then we're still at square one, basically, aren't we? Well, so I, I think J- Joe's got the keys to this franchise at this point. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, like if say year one, if we don't hit on every single draft pick, like, you know, what to do? Like we always, there's always one or two guys that aren't going to pan out, but you know, that's just football. Like we see it with every, pretty much every team, you know, like they'll, they have high hopes for, for a guy they pick either top 10 or top 15 and it doesn't pan out. But I trust in Joe Shane to make those mid round picks value go skyrocket. I mean, I've seen like Matt Milano and, um, was like Isaiah McKenzie, uh, who else? Yeah, like I'm just naming a, a couple guys like Ed Oliver, even as well, like late first round guy. 
like you see the Bills are able to, to evaluate this talent in the middle of the rounds, which is where the Giants have struggled, specifically in round three the last couple of years. I think even if we don't pick well in round one and we you know we find a few dimes in the rough in rounds like three to three to five, three to six, I would consider it success. And I think we can't just like we can't judge Joe Shane based off a of year one of a one draft. Like that's that's unfair to do because this roster is just simply a mess. Yeah, but you know, but, to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a hound him if he doesn't exactly but, with all this cap debt and all this uh you know, all this mess that he's got to clear up. I really think that we have to give him at least two drafts to judge, you know, like give, give a pre- preliminary assessments on him. This year is going to be rebuilding year. That, that That's always been the case. But I think we got to give him a few years to really evaluate how he's doing a job, you know. But if we're not competitive by, say, you know, I mean, I think we'll be competitive. But, like, say, like, we haven't made the playoffs by, like, year four, like which is like the year before uh, his contract would end, then maybe you start to question where, you know, where he's going and like, is he the yeah. right man for the job? But you got to give him at least two years to, you know, try and construct his ideal roster. Yeah, no, I know, perfect. Uh, no, I, I agree with that because at the moment he's got no, he's not brought in any obviously players yet. Um, so you know, this team is just the team that played last year. He's got to construct a whole system, a whole new vision whole new team and that doesn't happen overnight that don't happen with one draft or one free agency so he will be given time it's just you know social media can be a, a tough place we see with a lot of people so yeah Joey's hired and he hires in his friend Brian head coach also with the Bills I was I knew once Joey was signed that Brian was going to be coming in uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is what I referred to him as <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that video of him getting out of the car and they yeah. got college music over it. Um, before I actually we speak about Brian, out of ten, what would you rate this uh, hiring of the general manager? No, I would say I, I would give like a like a nine or nine and a half. And the only reason why I'm not giving it a ten is because obviously you're never gonna get the perfect hire until you judge them based off of what um, what they've done on the field. Yeah. But in terms of uh, who was available and who um, fits this, you know, the city and the media and like this, this market well enough, I would say we got the perfect guy. So I think um, not, I can't really give out tens out of tens. It's a home run hire for, for sure. But I think we got to wait, you know, a little while to judge if he's a 10 out of 10. That's not necessarily saying you have to get it to a Super Bowl, but getting consistent playoff appearances and, you know, yeah. making the team competitive again would make them 10 out of 10 because what the last five years have been has just been abysmal. So anything yeah. better than that is just, you know, it's a touchdown. So I went a bit harsh. I went for an eight just because it's just the Giants and I can just pick <laughs> all my pitches at the end of the year and we still wins and 13 defeats. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, okay, so he brings in Brian. Um, and this, this, I'll say this to start off with. The reason I love this hire, he's a natural born winner, five times Super Bowl champion. Doesn't sometimes doesn't matter about your CV if you know how to win, you know how to get the best out of yourself and your teammates. And now, obviously, the players he's coaching like that just like builds momentum, that just builds that like enthusiasm around the group. And yeah, so you know, for me, like, yes, he won him as a player, that's obviously not him as winning him as a head coach, but still. He knows how to win in big moments, in key moments. When we need, you know, we've got 10 seconds left in the game. He knows what to do to win a game. 
And for, like for me, that was I knew I sort of knew he was going to come in with Joe because same team and it made sense. They sort of know each other well. But you know, when I was looking at his CV um, and things online, did a bit of research about him. So obviously, to see he's a five-time Super Bowl champion is you know respect to himself. But you know, it's a big move for the Giants because we don't really know what winning is, do we? <laughs> yeah, especially the last couple of years, obviously, we've we've had, I think, tied for the worst record in all, which is not the way the Giants have historically been. We've been a cornerstone blue chip franchise for as long as I can remember, probably even since the beginning of the NFL. And just the last five years have not been a representation of what the New York Giants are as a franchise and what they're based on. And we got played by a few fools in the front office and in the coaching staff. Um, so I think, um, you know, we, we, we made a step in the right direction going outside the organization for a guy who can, you know, be a good leader. He's come from a rich background of success. Like you said, five Super Bowls, and he's been in the, in the Belichick system. He's been, uh, you know, in Miami, he's been in, um, a ton of different other environments. Obviously Buffalo has been very successful the last couple of years. And most of that, uh, success can be due can be attributed to Brian Dayball because, you know, he's been running that offense and it's almost damn near prolific uh, in the red zone. Yeah. So I just think like we, in terms of the way in which we're switching philosophies with our head coach and with the other coaches going outside the organization and making sure that we make the guy for the job and not use nepotism like we have in the last couple, you know, the last like 20 years, I would say. It's just a refreshing look to to be able to look at the Giants and be like, wow, we actually made a good hire. Like it's 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 been a long time since you said that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, for me, like he's you can see what he done with the Bills. He was obviously the key the key figure in their transformation, and he's made them a team that you wouldn't be silly putting your money on next year to uh, go to the Super Bowl because they were that good and that exciting to watch last year. The boys in the Buffalo Bill cast podcast I'm sure will be uh, loving that but yeah look Brian what we're going to get with him is completely different to what we're going to get with Joe Judge I think we're just going to see the, the main thing for me is we're going to see exciting football we're going to see you know fourth quarter the game's tied we're going to go for it okay we're not going to win every game we know that and we are going to sometimes get rolled over by teams that are just superiorly better than us but what we are going to have we're going to have that determination and we're going to have that fight. And like last season, I just didn't see that once. I never I never watched a game. And even when we won a couple of games, like I'm even thinking back to like the Raiders game and we won that. I didn't think we were amazing. I actually thought we were pretty poor. So I, never, I didn't get excited by the way we played. And I'm just hoping that obviously with him here, if he can get us anything like the Buffalo Bills, I know they've obviously got Josh Allen and a couple of other players that are slightly better than what we've got. But if he can get that system and the play style that he wants, and he can build a line. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not the biggest fan of Daniel Jones, but I am a fan of Daniel Jones. I think he should be given this year to prove himself. He's still a young quarterback, and his offensive line is like um, gravestones because they don't do anything and they don't protect him. So, as a quarterback, you can only do so much. So for me, like Brian's the perfect hire. It works well with Joe. Sometimes you know too many new bodies can you know cause chemistry issues or with different ideas. Bringing two people in in the two major roles. Makes a lot of sense for me. Had a lot of success, and you know, hopefully they can bring the New York Giants back to you know where they were before five six years ago. Because 
I've, I watched an interview with, with Dave a couple of, I think it's a couple of weeks ago. It was on the Giants Twitter actually, and he just sounds like it's obviously for the media talk, but he just sounds a lot more passionate. He just sounds like he's like up for it, and from a media perspective, that can help so much. Like whenever you watch Joe Judge interviews, I don't really want to compare the two too much, but you never got that sort of like sense of we want to win. We're, we're here to win. We're we're gonna beat them. You just sort of got a bit of it was very flat with his interviews, in my opinion. Day was completely different. And like I said, if he can perform a few stone cold stunners on a couple of teams this year, and then I'll, I'll be happy and I'll be having a beer to that. Yeah, I I, I I I simply just cannot agree more with what you're saying. Like I've I've been saying on Twitter and my feet, I've been I've been saying all along that, you know, Dave is gonna be a guy who comes in and you know, he's like me no nonsense guy. Um, he doesn't seem to screw around, you know. Like Joe Judge was uh, kind of seemed like that at the beginning, but he seemed like a fake one of that. If you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he seemed like he was he was all he, he seemed like he was about winning, but then again, like kind of wasn't because like he was working his players into the ground to the point where like he literally like was making them run like laps like nuts, and players were just like getting agitated about it, and like they, obviously they couldn't speak out in the media about it, or else they would have been cut or traded or whatnot. So I, I just think it was uh, a, a big acting show by Joe Judge. Um, basically, you know, like making him seem like a great guy, which for the most part, don't get me wrong, but as a football coach, like a head coach, no way. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. And I'm just glad that we got a guy who I think is going to lead us in a more better direction. You know, he's not going to be, you know, he's going to be hard on players, but not like, you know, extremely like making him run laps and make a mistake type um like that's just ridiculous at this point like that's like that's like that's pee football type stuff so i just think like in terms of what we could have done with the ocean gm combo like the combo itself is a 10 out of 10 and i said i wouldn't be 10 out of 10 but i'm talking myself into a 10 out of 10 i was literally just about to ask you that what would you rate it and so I, I'd give it a nine. So <laughs> once again, being slightly more harsh, I can't I can't give anyone a ten out of ten because I'll give someone a ten out of ten and then they'll be off in uh, next year because they've they've been the worst worst staff member we hired. So we've got two Buffalo Bill people in, and this we're going to go on to my favourite hire um, out of all the staff we've hired, the big Don Wink Martindale. For me, like this was just don't, defensively we weren't that bad last year. The offensive line was obviously a lot worse, but like this guy, I just love everything about this guy. Like if if you watch his interviews, just watch him like pitch side when he was at the Ravens, like everything just screams like passion, like just determination. Like I just love him to bits, and I didn't think we were actually going to replace um, our defensive coordinator, but if you're going to get someone in, Don Wink Martindale was always the one I would have gone for. I just what how did you think what did you think of the, the sign in? I think he was I, 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 like I said, once Patrick Graham surprises him, ditched us for the Vegas uh, Raiders when he literally made a lateral move. I like I thought if anything he would have left for a head coaching job. He seemed like he loved the job in New York a lot, but I guess the whole Brian Flores thing probably put him off a little bit with the um with the lawsuit and stuff, so I wish him the best, but in terms of Wake Martindale, I said it from the beginning, like I said, again, he was the best hire out there, and 
Joe Shane, you know, his press conference, he said, you know, we're picking the best guys for the job and not, you know, the best friends for the job. I think that's what he said, or quote me if I'm wrong. But I think that that's, that's the right attitude to have. Like, Gettleman was kind of going with, like, oh, we're going to hire these guys because I have a good relationship with them. I, you know, I've, I've known them in the past. But Joe Shane's going out there and he's hiring guys that are the best fit for the job and who, by the numbers and by the metrics and everything, are the best fits for the job. And that's exactly what the Giants need. They, they need guys who have good experience and who know the game of football and just can't, you know, like you, you can't just really take chances on, on guys like really anymore. At this yeah. point, we need – with a young head coach, a first-time head coach, you fill, you fill them around with guys who are, um, you know, experienced and they've been around the game for a while, as we said with, like, with Martindale and – the way that I see it is that, he, honestly, I think Bradbury is going to be gone just, like, from um, the way that Wink plays. I think he plays a lot of men, and, um, you know, Bradbury is not, not very good anymore in men. And, like, a blitzing man, too. Like, he runs a lot of uh, four, four threes and three or, and uh, blitzing four threes at that. So, I think um, the change of philosophy is going to be interesting to see. And I'm very excited to see how we draft in this draft, whether I be taking Kayvon Thibodeau or whether I be trading down and taking Ojabo from, from Michigan or going the later rounds to take an edge rusher. You know, Wink Martindale is going to want his also his, his uh, stud linebacker in there too. So don't be surprised if Blake Martinez comes back next year because um, he's, he's one of those guys. I think he, he might be a Wink Martindale guy. So I, I, I'm really intrigued just to see the overall scheme and like, you know, um, and the way that Martindale recruits his guys to New York. But um, I love the hiring. I I would say it was like, you know, Baltimore's been top 10 defense for like, almost 10 consecutive near, almost 10 consecutive years now, which is an affine of itself and, and a testament to Wake Martindale and his defensive schemes. Um, so I would say probably a nine out of 10 hiring for me, if you were to give me, if I was to give a rating, um, just, uh, you know, they got to get the communication between Dayball and Martindale, right? So if they can develop a strong relationship, and that would be a 10. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go 9.5. So I'm going to top you on this one. Um, You know, he gave up the second least third downs only behind the Buffalo Bills. Um, You know, the Ravens were always known for their strong defense. Um, And and this guy, like I said, just oozes passion, just screams like determination, strength physicality, hard to break down, hard to beat. And if you look at last year, how many games, how many times did you look at the Giants and thought, yeah, we're going to be hard to beat today. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we might not win, but we're going to be hard to break down. We're going to be hard to beat. Every game I was thinking, if we're going to win, we're just going to outscore the opposition. And, you know, that ain't often either because our offensive line ain't great. The the, the thing I'm quite uh, not, not concerned about, obviously, Dable being new head coach, how much, you know, is Martindale going to try and convince him to get certain players in the draft? You know, there's obviously a lot of experience from him, obviously not a lot from Dayball. I know obviously it's his first time head coach. He's obviously been around the scene for a while, but it'd be interesting to see you saying, I'm talking about Cabon. I think, I don't think Cabon's going to be a failure with the five, to be honest. I think he might go earlier. Um, so, and for me, like in the draft, I'm taking offensive line um, in, in in pick five, and I'm potentially trading down in the seven. I don't know about you, but that would be my idea in the draft. 
Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with my take. I've always been a big, you know, getting the best player available, especially if you're, um, you're go- well, obviously, obviously you need to clear your needs first, which is 100% true. But in this case with the Giants of two top 10 picks, I think one of the two picks you got to go with best available player. I don't think you go two offensive linemen. I think it's a bit overkill. And there's there's so many holes in this roster that you kind of have to take the best player available. Yeah, true. And what I put on the on the Twitter page earlier, but you know, if, if Logan Ryan's gone, then that that leaves a glaring hole in the free safety spot, and or even the strong safety spot, depending on where they're going to play McKinney next year. Um, I would say you know Kyle Hamilton could be an option there, and that he's a he's a Martindale guy because you know the Ravens always have had two extremely talented safeties, and so have the Bills, and that's you know that's what Joe Shane's been all about is you know having two guys at the back that can patrol, and Kyle Hamilton's a generational type talent that we that we haven't seen before at the safety spot, um, probably the best that we've seen since almost Ed Reed maybe that's what people were saying. Um, so I think obviously taking offensive tackle with one of those two picks is a must, but say like, you know, Iquanu, uh, Evan Neal, um, Charles Cross, say they go in the top five by, by stretch of imagination, they go all go top five, then maybe consider going down into the second round to get an offensive tackle just because like I, if you're not going to get the like the the three best starter day one starter ready players, you kind of have to fill your needs other other or in other places. And I think if Thibodeau is there at five, you take him regardless of which offensive tackle there, because I think Carolina at six is going to go quarterback. Um, so if like my dream scenario would be taking Thibodeau at five or Hamilton at five, and then um, taking uh, Charles Cross. Or Quanu or whoever is left at six or at seven. That's just my opinion. I know it's a bit controversial, but I think taking two offensive linemen is a little bit overkill. And especially with, like I said, with the, all the glaring needs, we need to fill the holes in the roster more than just improving on one position itself. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So then, okay, then we're talking about the offensive line. Let's talk about our new offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, previously with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, another player, another staff signing. Another player, no, another staff signing uh, that I was actually quite happy with. Six were chi- uh, sixth in touchdowns last season, and then had an offensive rating of ninety eight point one. Have a guess how many that is better than the Giants? Unless you're looking, I would say at least triple better than the Giants. So the Giants were seventy point one, and it was ninety eight point one. So that's so ridiculous. So, like, look, obviously, with the as an offensive coordinator, if you've got Patrick Mahomes, if you've got Tyreek Hill, you know, if you've got all them star players, it's easier to obviously get have a higher offensive rating. However, it just shows what he can do um, and what he can bring. If we can get the good protection for DJ, we've got good enough players to make the runs. Uh, it's one of them ones, isn't it? It's DJ's in his last year. I put that poll out the other day. Do we take DJ in uh, in for the year fifth year? Well, I think it come back with no, to be honest. But um, you know, with DJ in his te- potentially his final year, if we can just get some support around him, like that's going to be massive to our success. If we don't get the support around him, it's just going to be the same garbage as last year. Like I've seen countless reels 
since the season ended of our offensive line and it looking like a Mickey Mouse. Like, it, it's actually a joke. <laughs> so we just, like, just just need a bit of protection. That's all I'm asking for. And hopefully Mike Kafka can sort that. Um, you know, getting the tackle is going to be huge for us. And I, I do believe that, once again, this is a very good signing um, in, in a staff sense. And it's definitely an upgrade on what we've had. How do you feel? Um, I, I honestly, I said before, um, I love the hire. Um, there were the, it was between him and Pep Hamilton. Like a lot of these positions were between two guys for me, and either of them would have been W's. And I think Kafka, with obviously his success with Patrick Mahomes, you know, he turned his flaws. But you know, Patrick Mahomes had a lot of flaws his uh, second year, I think it was, because he didn't start his first year. Um, on backing up Alex Smith, but. You know, he had a lot of mechanical issues, and Mike Kafka found a way to, um, what did I say, he, to, like, alter his mechanics and also, um, you know, tweak his mechanics a little bit he, so he can make those, still make those unorthodox throws that he does a lot that we see on SportsCenter top 10 all the time. But he's become a more prolific passer, and he's very, you know, obviously probably top three quarterback in the league. And I think there's a lot of similar mechanical issues with, with Jones that we've seen with, like, Mahomes, in a way, I think I, he's got the same deep threat ability as him. Like Jones is ranked number one in deep deep passes in the NFL. We saw that stat floating around all of last season, which is a great sign. But the fact is, is that we need an offensive coordinator who can call those deep plays and have confidence as a quarterback to, to call those deep plays. And what better guy than Patrick Mahomes' previous mentor to call those plays? Because you know Patrick Mahomes loves throwing deep. So I think we score a home run with this hire. And, well, obviously, like, the offensive, offensive line and stuff is a different story. That's a different um, coach to deal with. But in terms of u- utilizing our skill position players, like Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay, and, you know, I, I would assume one of Sterling Shepard and Darius Slate would stay. The other one would probably cut or traded. But I think that we – got the guy who will best utilize our gadgets and that's what we need we have all this talent on our offense and we haven't even mentioned Saquon Barkley yet who you know may or may not be traded uh, that's that's a discussion for another day but um I had to manage a whole lot of talent because you saw in KC they have an overload of talent and on the offensive side of the ball so as long as we can draft those offensive linemen like you said and our offensive line coach can now coach them to be, you know, a, a solid enough league average. Honestly, I want league average, league average offensive line play for Daniel Jones and see how well he flourishes. Just give me that. And yeah. I'm telling you, if um, if he plays the way, like say like year two of Josh Allen, where like he showed a lot of promise, but, you know, he showed a little bit of flaws, but he made a lot of progress. He was throwing like 28 touchdowns instead of, you know, and like even though he threw 16 picks, um, you know, he's showed a lot of progress. If DJ does that this year, I think he gets his fifth option. But if he comes out and struggles in the first couple of games, you bet your ass that he's going to be gone. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Mike Kafka, I'm, I'm excited by the hire as well. Like like you said, with the Patrick Mahomes situation, he didn't just alter him. He made him an absolute monster and a beast. Like, that arm is an absolute joke. So <laughs> if you can do that to Daniel Jones... Um, I don't know what you injected my homes with, but um, if you can do that to Daniel Jones, look, Daniel Jones has clearly got the ability. We've seen it for glimpses um, at, at the Giants. It's just about, you know, backing him up and then just being more consistent on, on a regular basis. 
Daniel Jones, look, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's definitely not. I saw a thing and he was rated like the second worst or coming was like 29. Like 20. It was one of, like, one of the bottom ones. I was like, he's really not that bad. It's just our offensive line is that bad that it makes him look that bad. You know, he's getting sacked because people are just falling over fresh air and then <laughs> getting sacked. So, um, yeah, for me, like, once again, Mike Kafka, I'd, I'd probably give this one an eight. Um, just because I want to see what he's going to do to Daniel Jones first. Because if, if Daniel Jones is the same next season, then, you know, not really much has changed. How, what would you score out of 10? Well here. And I think it's the way that it's not, it's not necessarily the guy itself. It's the profile in which he comes from. He comes from the Andy Reid tree, which is massive. He's one of the best offensive minds in football history. I would say, even though he's, you know, he's the Eagles guy for a while, I have to admit, you know, he was, he's a genius on the offensive side of ball and he's definitely learned a lot from Reed. So if he can take those hints and put them into his own offense and create offense and it's successful, we scored a home run. Yeah. So I would say I would rate it a little bit higher than Wink just because I think the Giants, um, he fits what the Giants need in terms of their personnel as of right now. But say, um, you know, like Wink gets his own guys and stuff, and like then, then, then they'll be equal. But I think what we have right now, Kafka uh, fits the personnel that we have. So probably a nine and a half. Well, fair enough. I mean, to be honest, I, I get what you're saying. I just love Don so much that I have to... Yeah, really no, I do too. Don't get me wrong. I love Don. I love Don. <laughs> um, okay, and then... So we're obviously not covering every single staff member, but the final one we will cover is Big Tom, special teams coordinator, retained from last season. One of the only few um, in in terms of the you know the high sort of profile jobs that was retained. Eighty-seven point nine percent on the field goals, tenth in the league, third highest field goal made from fifty yard, fifty plus yards, ten attempted, seven made, longest fifty-five. I, I didn't think this needed to be changed. To be honest, I don't think he's done an awful job. It's an amazing job, but, you know, I didn't think he deserved to lose his job. And I also sometimes think, look, he's not in the, the most highest of positions, but sometimes it's nice to keep some people there who sort of understand the franchise, you know, understand how it works, um, you know, how the fans react to certain situations. It's, if you do a massive clear-up sometimes, it's, it takes longer to build that chemistry, which takes longer in the season, which then when results don't go away, it gets worse. When you've got people who you've retained and know what it takes... Um, and know what the fans expect, know what obviously everyone else expects. I think it does add that sort of just a bit more, just keeps the group a bit tighter. That's just my personal opinion. Um, what did you make of uh, the retain? I really liked it. And like I said, yeah, like you said, keeping familiar faces within the organization, um, that, that strong of ties to the previous regime. You know, McConaughey's only been here for, what, like a year? Two, I think, as of right now, and I, I, I just think you know, like we, we were solid enough on, um, like especially like on the offensive special teams, where we, where he didn't deserve to lose his job. It was more, it, more of like where his fault was was, you know, Riley Dixon was an awful punter, so like you can't really play put much blame on our special teams coach for our punter being absolutely abysmal. So his outlook, I think. I think what, what Dayball was looking at him and, you know, like deciding whether to retain him or not, he was probably like, you know what, like if we can get a new punter in here, which I believe they've already signed um, 
some other guy to a reserves means that Riley Dixon is going to be gone. Um, I would say uh, it was definitely a great decision because we've seen the Giants special teams be a lot better in the past under our current special teams coach. But I think with a new punter and a new, um, you know, like some other personnel within the special teams who, you know, don't get too hot-headed because we had a lot of guys get stupid personal fouls last year. I think we'll see a much improved special teams effort from the Giants. Um, I'd give this one like a, like a, an eight out of 10, just because like, obviously uh, we need, we need a good punter to really solidify our elite special teams play, which obviously we don't have right now, but those top three kicker in the league for me. So being able to, uh, you know, have the same special teams coach with uh, Graham Gano at the helm uh, of our offensive uh, field goal unit, I think is, is really good for us. So I think, not quite a 10, not as good as the other hires, uh, but, you know, good to keep a familiar face in the building. No, I agree. I'm, I was an eight as well on that one, so we have agreed on one of them. Yeah, I, th- I think, like you said, it's it's good to keep an, one in-house or a couple of in-house people, um, you know, just for chemistry reasons and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, out of, out of 10 across the whole board this time, so including all of them, plus all the other people that have been hired, how do you rate the Giants? Uh, off-season staff sign-in? Um, so, I might do this by, like, side of the ball, I would say. I would say offensive side of the ball, we went a 10 out of 10. Dable and Kafka together are going to be elite, and I don't think many people are really going to um, challenge that because I think we we really hit, hit a home run with getting the offensive minds from two of the best teams in football on the offensive side of the ball in – uh, defensively, like special teams wise, if I group them, group them together, it'd probably be like an eight and a half or a nine. Um, obviously, Martindale is a big hire. Um, keeping keeping our special teams coach is definitely you know good to keep a familiar face around, but he's definitely got to make some improvements from last year. I think uh, we saw a lot of penalties last year, and then obviously the GM, like I said, ten out of ten. I I love Joe Shane. I think he's going to be an amazing guy for this this franchise. And I do believe that he's going to be a guy who's going to um, take us forward and make us and put us in the playoffs in a few in, in a year or two. So I would overall, then then overall, I would say probably a nine. I think yeah. we scored on ninety nine point nine percent of our hits, but obviously um, there could be a few more improvements. You know, that's like Kevin Abrams should just be gone, but that's just my opinion. But um, otherwise, I think we did great. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually had a nine wrote down as well. I think it's hard to give a ten because you you have to wait until they're actually on the field and obviously not staff, but the players themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys, you got to see what's going on. And start with very promising though. And if you know, it, it's a massive improvement on what we had last year. There's no doubt about that. In every area, we are definitely just from these staff signings a lot stronger, even though we've not made any changes actually on the pitch. And I, you know, I'm, I'm excited this year. I think. Like we said at the start of the episode, we're not expecting glory this year. We're not expecting to go like on a positive record or anything like that. But what we are expecting is just to be that more competitive in games. You think of so many games last year where we were just out of the game, probably probably some of them by half time, you know. <laughs> so we need to just be able to, if we're if we're in games at the fourth quarter and we lose it, that I can live with that because you know, you just sometimes you're gonna get the luck of the clock where it falls to you with thirty seconds to go this, that and the other. 
what we've got this year, we've got obviously a load of staff people who we've got a very good general manager. We've got a head coach who knows how to win. We've got a very passionate and strong uh, defensive coordinator. We've got Mike Kafka, who's, in my opinion, has worked with one of the best offensive teams in, in a, a fair few years in the Chiefs. And uh, we've kept Big Tom as a special teams coordinator. There's areas to improve amongst all of it, but a lot more positive. If you'd have told me at the start of last year, this is what we'd have this year, probably wouldn't have ripped your head off and choked you. So um, it's, yeah. it's, it's obviously a massive improvement. We've just got to see how it goes now. So we've got the combine coming up, and then we've got the draft, and then we've got free agency and all that. And, you know, start of the season, one big thing, obviously being from the UK, they've just announced the uh, the that there's three games coming over. And the Giants coming over here as an away team. So that will be absolute limbs if that happens. So, yeah, I think that that wraps it up for our first episode. Um, yeah, well, thanks for coming on, uh, Brendan. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to putting out a lot of content uh, this year. And then I know I'm very passionate about the Giants. So hopefully, um, you know, we get uh, some draft news and maybe we'll get some mock drafts out Giants cast. So I'm looking forward to the, the next couple of weeks, you know, as the news starts to flow in. But um, let's go Giants. It's-